not accept a trace of apathy in my attitude or actions. I will reject complacency and embrace the greatness that God has planted inside of me. I will waste no opportunity to glorify God and maximize everything he has entrusted to me. I will fight. My battle is not against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual enemy who opposes me. So I will draw the battle lines and face my enemy with a bold determination. My enemy fights against me because he fears me. Every time I resist him, he must flee. And every time he reminds me of my past, I will remind him of his future. I will make no excuses, but through every obstacle, I will find a way. I will not procrastinate my progress. I will not defer my destiny. I will not waver when I'm weak. I will not cower when my circumstances take a turn for the worse. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fight. Even if I lose the battle, I will win the war. Because I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I will reject the lies that echo in my mind, telling me that I don't have what it takes, that my best is behind me, or that humiliation awaits me. The devil is a liar, and my God always causes me to triumph. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord, I will fight. I'm unashamed to represent a kingdom that is unshakable. No one will be able to stand against God's plan for me all the days of my life. With my God, I will advance against every troop. With his help, I will scale every wall. Though my enemies surround me, my God surrounds my enemies. Though they may come at me one way, they will flee seven ways. Because no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every evil thing that rises against me, I will condemn, I will fight. My heart is steadfast. My purpose is immovable. I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. And my potential is unlimited because the limitless God lives within me. I will fight. The cross is before me. The world is behind me. I'll never turn back. I'll never give up. I'll never settle. I'll never stop short. I will press toward the mark for the prize that is already mine. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate me from my God and if my God is for me who can be against me I will fight yeah ah that doesn't get you going right I mean, it's just, it's like, uh, I need some Rocky Balboa music is what I need. And uh, for, if you're too young to know what that is, go, go ask your parents, because it's a good movie. So, uh, but, but, but the thing is, for me, it's like, ah, it's, it, it's a fight. It's a battle. And if there's any description I could describe for what it is to have a, a life on this world, Christian or non-Christian, it is a battle. But, but especially for us Christians. I, I mean, think about, think about your battles, Think about how many things rage against you. Your desires that are not good. I mean, think about it. I mean, you've got the lust of the eyes. 
just coming at you. you, you you've got you, you got this coveting of, of the neighbor. You've got these these issues that are are, are just raging up inside of you. You've got anger issues. You, you've got issues with with families, and your your marriage is is struggling, and and, and your kids are a problem. And and she's two years old, and she's just that way. And so so there's just there's just this battle, this fight that you're constantly coming at you. And if you're honest, it's like, man, I keep hitting this thing, and it won't go down. It's just, before you know it, you're just, you're hitting and hitting and hitting. And, and you're going, man, what, what do I got to do to take this thing down? And, and, and that's not all. So, so not only do you have your sinful nature and your flesh raging against you, warring at you from the inside out, then you got a broken system. I mean, anybody confident what's going on around the world? It was what's going on with, with our government, what's going on with our politics, what's going on with our media. I mean, so what do you, what do you have coming at you? You've got lies coming at you of, of, man, what is true and what's not and, and, and who's right and who's wrong. And, and you've got people that are, are, are rioting and you've got, you've got good protests, you've got bad protests, you've got people working, you've got people not working, you've got COVID-19 hitting everybody and you're going, man, jeez, I'm tired. And what's worse than all of that, because I think we're aware of those things. But there is an enemy that's harder than both of those. A, a master of deception that's bigger and harsher, who knows and schemes after you and your weaknesses. And if we're honest, on my own strength, I can pound that all day long. But I'll find myself being too weak to overcome. What I want us to do today is I want us to realize that we are in a fight. We may be coming in tired. We may be coming in energized. We may be listening to that video and going, all right, I'm ready to go. But no matter where you are, I think we have to realize that we are in a warfare. We, this, this is a battleground that we're in. We step into every day when we wake up, when we go to bed. We have been in a war with ourselves, a war against the society and what it's telling us to do, the flesh, the sinful nature all around us. And we are also at war with a whole nother enemy in a whole nother realm in a whole nother way. But if we are going to fight, let's fight right. And if we are going to stand, let's stand up and let's stand upright. To do that, to kind of symbolize that, and to, to show the importance of what's getting ready to be read, if you wouldn't mind standing with me as we read from Ephesians 6. As you stand, I want to remind you that we are in a series called Rise Up, and it is the answering the question of how do we rise up when our culture is sinking? How do we, as, as Christians and as followers of God, or even those that are just interested in knowing more about him, how do, how do we rise up in being the hope givers in this world, in this community, in our homes? in this church. How, how, do we, how do we do that? So, so we're gonna read this letter from Apostle Paul. So, so Paul wrote a letter to a church very similar to us in situations. It's a, it was a church, a group of believers, just like me and you, just like you online, just like you in person, that, that for all of us, we, we were encountering this warfare. And Paul writes a letter to him and says, hey, listen, I, I know things are hard. 
I know you've got a raging war inside of you in your sinful nature. And I know that you're in a broken system, but I have a letter to write you. And I want to encourage you in a couple ways. I want you to know that Jesus reigns on high. That Jesus is in the heavenly realms fighting for you. That he has given grace to you. That this God in heaven has been beside you and wants you with him. He gives very practical teachings on how to be a good husband and how to be a good good uh, child to a, a, a father and, and to a mother and, and how to be a good wife to a husband. And it gives all these practical teachings and then he ends it with what I believe is what we need to focus on right now in this season of just battles going on out there from social media, downtown Louisville, across the country, across the world. I think this would be Paul's word, God's word for us today. Let's read it together, starting verse 10, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. After sharing all that good news, Jesus reigning, practical lessons on how to be in the home, he says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. A a whole nother enemy here. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, anybody feel like that's now? You may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which now you, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, always keeping on praying for all the Lord's people. And then he gets specific in what his mission, our mission is. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let me pray for us. Uh, God, I, I, uh, Lord, we we need a a word today from you in our own personal life and walk. God, we as a church are wanting to hear from you. God, we are your children right now asking for you to show us, Lord. We, we are in the middle of just a crazy world with tons of stuff going on. And, and Lord, we, we, we hear you and we, we hear what you're saying for us to stand. But Lord, show us how to stand right. Help us, Lord. Help us see what you want us to see. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. So if I could say anything, or if I could title today's message, what it would be is to stand, but to stand upright. 
There's a difference between taking a stand and standing up for something or standing up for a belief or standing up for your feelings and standing up right. And I believe that God is calling us to not only to stand, but to stand up right. And, and I've, I remember this, and, and to help us kind of get into what we're thinking about today, I, I remember as a child, uh, my, my dad always uh, taught me and my brother to, to, to straighten up, to stand up right. Like it was something about how, how you stood that was important to him. And it was also, the, less in more of a figurative way, uh, how you uh, encounter your enemies, so, so to stand upright, when, we, when you're going to stand up or stand against something or stand for something, to do it right. And to be willing to stand before the enemy, even if it's not going to go well for you, but to be willing to stand. Um, so my, my favorite story in life, uh, my brother and my dad. Uh, my brother uh, was uh, is, is a smaller guy because of when his birthday came. He was always younger than anybody else in his class. He was smaller, kind of a late bloomer. He, he uh, was just a good, loving, just a good kid. And, this is, and he was older than me, obviously. And, and, uh, and, and I had a picture of him uh, here. This is us on Christmas um, this is my brother here in the blue and my older sister, Angela. And then that's me with blonde and curls. I don't know how that happened, but that's what it was, playing some ball. All right, so this, this, is, this is us. Um, this is before my little sister was born, but this is my brother here. And um, so this was about the December before what took place that upcoming uh, year. And uh, so you can see he's kind of just a small kid. Um, you know, he's right there. He's, he's getting ready to go into middle school that following year, and he is small. He looks small. He acts, you know, he's, he's just a, a good kid. But he goes into middle school and um, something happens. Something changes. Uh, within the very first little bit, uh, this, this sweet boy uh, started coming home. Instead of being an energized and happy-go-lucky kid, he started coming home down, uh, broken, uh, depressed. My parents noticed right away, and they went, well, maybe it's just his age. Maybe it's just what he's going through, but no. When they saw him start getting ready for bed and stuff, they started seeing that he was bruised up and beaten um, pretty good. And uh, that this was happening somewhat consistent. They realized he was being bullied after they had talked to him a while. He, he admitted that, that he was being bullied in recess by, by an older kid. Um, so that my mom jumped into action. She said, okay, well, first, uh, son, what is, is there anything you could do? Can you avoid him? Can you go to a different class? Can you go to a different area? Have you talked to him? Is there any problems there? Have you, how did you do something against him? Like she jumps in action there and then come to find out that it really wasn't the issue. That wasn't gonna help. So she had to go to the teacher and she went to the counselor and she went to the principal and she's like, hey, listen, this is going on with my son. We need to fix this. This is a problem. And, and, uh, and so it, it helped for a couple of weeks and sure enough, right back in and again. And, what you got to know is that my mom, very proactive, great mom, going after it, right? But the entire time, my dad wasn't doing none of that. My dad was just getting an address. He just wanted to know where the bully's dad lives. So, so uh, one day, uh, brother comes in through the door, head hanging low, uh, just bruised up. And my dad was like, right, that's enough. Get in the car. He's like, where are we? Get in the car. Yes, sir. Gets in the car. So sure enough, my dad tears up down the road, gets into the driveway of this house, puts it in park, says, come with me. He says, I want you to stand right beside me as I walk up this door. So he goes walking up the door, and sure enough, he knocks on that door. Boom, boom, boom. Bully's dad opens the door. Bully in the room beside him. I can't help you. He says, actually, you can. Your boy's been bullying my boy. I'm coming to you father to father, man to man. I'm going to ask you 
to ask your boy to keep him from messing with my son. Can you do that for me? Bully's dad, you see where the problem is, where the root of it was, he goes, come on, man. Boys will be boys. They're just boys, just boys being boys. That's, that's all, just boys being boys. And if you hadn't met my dad, my dad has an ability that I don't have, I've tried, that doesn't work, but, uh, but he just can just go and swell all up and be all beast mode. Like he just can fill up a, a doorway. Like all of a sudden he just swells up and he steps into the doorway and he says, you know what, buddy? You're right. Boys, boys will be boys. But men, men will be men. And from this day forward, whatever you do to my boy, I'm going to come back to this doorstep and I'm going to do to you. Whatever he does, wedgie, loogie, you name it, I'm coming back to this doorstep and I'm going to do to you. I'll see you soon. Shuts his door. Walks away. So son, follow me. Let's get some ice cream. Now, uh, now my, my brother sitting there beside him watching this all happen. And I mean, there's so much there that you're going, oh my goodness, what was getting ready to go down with this? But let me tell you something that happened to my brother is that he walked in the next day to go in and walk near that bully and to go into that same playground. And when this time, when he walked into that playground, you know what he was not doing? He was not looking away. He was not sheepish. He was not being downcast. What he walked in is he said, guess what? I serve a dad who has fought my fight for me. He stepped into the doorway of the bully. He stepped into the pathway and says, I win. And so when I walk now into my battle, I stand proud knowing that you ain't going to mess with me because my daddy can whoop your daddy. Amen? You walk differently when you know you got a dad that can whoop somebody else up. You just are. And if you don't know our heavenly father and what Jesus did on the cross to that devil, that he stepped into that doorway and said, you know what, anything you're going to do to my boy, do to me. I can take it. You start to understand who our father is who our Heavenly Father is and what He is calling on us to do today and why when we stand, we stand up differently and why we stand, we stand up in a new way. We stand up differently than the rest of the world because we know who our Daddy is. We know He fought the battle for us and what He's calling on us to do now is to stand upright, to do it in the right way. I think Ephesians 6 breaks it down in these three ways. And it's, it's like this, to stand up in the right way against the right enemy. And this is so important here. We're going to spend some time on this. To stand up with the right actions right now. To stand up with the right perspective and the right preparation. So we're going to talk about the right way, the right enemy, where the right actions and right now with the right perspective and the right preparation. So let's dive in by looking at the first one. To stand up in the right way against the right enemy. And how important it is to know when you're standing up in the right way and that your enemy is the right enemy and not the wrong one. Let's read again, starting in verse 10. In the right way. If you're gonna do it the right way, be strong in the Lord, his way. And in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. Not your armor, not your strength. You gotta know that first off. My brother wasn't standing big in the bully's presence because of how big he was or how armored up he was. He stood big because it was his dad's power that he stood in. There's a difference. 
And you have all of that so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Got to know your enemy. The the devil schemes here for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a whole nother realm. There's a whole nother battle. There's a whole nother war taking place that we're fighting against. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. See that stand? And after you've done everything to stand and stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So, truth buckled around your waist. What truth are we talking about? We live in a culture and a time where truth seems to be subjective. We live in a culture and time where they're going, okay, what, this is my truth. I fight for my truth. But there is a truth, the truth, that is above all, before all, is, is the one who measures what truth is and not, and that is Jesus. When we talk about doing it the right way, what we mean by that is Jesus saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. When we're saying about living in the right way and in the truth, the way is Jesus. This, this belt of truth that we put around us, that truth we're talking about is not just a truth, it is the truth. And that is Jesus. It is putting that first and foremost wrapped around in which all armor, all the other armor contains and, and goes to is all about the belt. And that belt is Jesus, the truth, the life. And reminder that it is God's strength, not yours. God's power, not yours. God's armor and not yours. You wanna do it the right way? It's not based on your own strength. You can beat up on that punching bag all you want. But if you're swinging with your own strength, it will never go down. And with Jesus being the truth, it is his words, purposes, actions, and plans that we follow. It is where the standard in which everything else and everyone else is measured. Last week, we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the Holy Spirit Spirit being in us and coming out of us. this, This is the truth in which we are going to wear, profess, and be. But let's talk about the wrong enemy for a second. What if I told you that there is a right enemy and a wrong enemy and it may not be flesh and blood? What if that a spouse of yours that you're really struggling with is not the enemy? What if that coworker that you just want to get rid of and don't want to be anywhere around is not the enemy? What if your neighbor that's caused all those problems in the neighborhood is not the enemy? What if there is something beneath before all of that? I like to say it in this way. Everything visible and physical, everything visible and physical is preceded by the invisible and the spiritual. To address the visible and physical effect, you must first address the invisible and spiritual cause. Or say it a different way, I would say it like this. If you don't identify the invisible and spiritual root, You will be thrown off by the visible and physical fruit. Nobody dropped a beat or nothing on that. That was a good rhyme. I deserve something there. 
I was impressed and nothing. Not one beat, no dancing, no, that's fine. It's fine, it's whatever. No, never mind, we'll just move on. No, but listen, the, the invisible and spiritual root that we're talking about and, and this visible and physical fruit, what we're talking about is that where it begins. There is a schemer that has been scheming after you your entire life, that's known your weaknesses from the time you were young, that has known your areas of when you are going to be most vulnerable. He's been scheming against your kids, against your spouse, against your stranger neighbor, against your coworker and the person that cuts you off on the road. The person, the problem that you are seeing visibly has an invisible and spiritual root. There is a root beneath it all that is affecting them. And that should cause us to realize that our enemy is not them, but the cause. The visible that we see is actually someone to be loved, to be understood, to be shown grace towards, maybe to be rebuked and corrected and trained. Absolutely. But, but the reality is, is that individual is not the enemy. There is a greater enemy behind and beneath it all. If we're going to fight, we've got to fight the right enemy. So uh, I'm hoping you see this, that, that it's maybe not as simple as it seems. And, and, I, and I invite you this way. For some of us that are a little uneasy about this conversation, I know that there seems to be uh, two ditches on the side of this road. And as soon as you're talking about spiritual life, spiritual realm, heavenly realm, as soon as you start talking about the, the unseen, it, immediately there's some folks that they just live in that. Where all they do is talk about the devil made me do it. Right, that there is no accountability for the flesh or the broken systems. But then I think a lot of us in our Western worldview is that we're on the other side of the road where we don't even talk about the spiritual realm. That we just talk about the physical realm and the physical problems and the physical people. And what I think what Paul was doing here is he addressed both of those by saying is that there's a middle line here where you gotta realize that there is a root problem that is affecting all the physical problems. And we have to be able to address both. And when we stand, we got to stand up right and knowing that. One of the things that helped me realize this, because I was on this side of the ditch for a long time, on this side of, you know, physical, really, and not messing much with the spiritual realm, was, was in the Lord's Prayer. Do you remember the model prayer from Jesus, how it ends? Matthew six thirteen. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Simple question. When's the last time you prayed to be delivered from the evil one? may tell you on which side of the road you are on. When's the last time you prayed for somebody who was wronging you and prayed that, that God would deliver them from the evil one? That their influences and things that cause them to make these choices that God would get in there and do what only God can do with his strength and his way. If we hadn't been praying that prayer, I mean, it's the model prayer. I mean, Jesus could have done anything with the model prayer and it ended like that. It's almost like he knew something. It's almost like he knew something about the spiritual realm, more than us. And maybe there's more weight that we need to put on that than what we have been. Maybe we gotta move over in the center of the road a little more. So so we learn to stand up right. You gotta do it in the right way with God's strength, with the truth of Jesus, but we also have to do it against the right enemy. What's next I want to look at here is to stand up with the right actions right now. If we're going to stand up for the Lord and stand up for what is right and stand up for what is true, we also need to, to do it. And what we see here is that there is a, uh, in, in Ephesians 6, 14 through 15, it says it this way. 
that when we stand firm, we're going to stand with the breastplate of righteousness. We're going to armor up with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness, the urgency that comes from the gospel of peace. There's a couple things going on here that I want you, I don't have a ton of time to break this down, but I, I think you should know this is that when we talk about righteousness, we're talking about a loyalty and principle and action to the holy law of God. All right, so, so that's a, a textbook answer, but it's more along this way. It, it's in truly following the truth of Jesus into action. When you do the right things, that is righteousness. You are living right. You are doing right. There is a rightness to what you are doing, and that is living in that and knowing that. Again, in God's strength, in his power, you are knowing Jesus and the truth, the Holy Spirit in you, working through you, and you are living that truth out in your actions, in your steps. When you are living in rightness, in that righteousness, then you have a peace. Because peace is knowing, this specific peace is talking about knowing you are doing what is right, to the right enemy in the right way right now. It's knowing that you are doing what is right to the right enemy in the right way right now. There's a peace that comes from, from knowing that even though you are gonna to step to the doorstep of the enemy, that you, if you are coming in the truth of Jesus with the power of Jesus, that even if it might go bad for you, there's a peace in knowing that you are standing on the right, you're standing on the rock. So even though the winds may come and hit you, you're on the rock and there is peace on the rock. And the truth is, church, there's gonna come a day if it's not already here and it ain't coming quick that our body, our leaders, us, are gonna have to stand on that rock and say no to things that are coming our way. It's, it's just gonna happen. And for you as an individual, there are things gonna be coming at you and attacking you and things fighting against you. And what we wanna do as a church and as an individual is stand in the truth of Jesus on his word, and even and, and act like that to walk in that way. And then if we do come to the forefront of an enemy, we have peace knowing that we are living right for God, even if it doesn't go well for us. So we stand upright in righteousness. We stand upright in peace. That we are doing it right now and with the right action. Next, we look at standing with the right perspective and the right preparation. That there's a way in which you are to view things, a way in which you should stand and see things, and then there's a way in which you should be prepared and be ready for that action. There are two things that we need to look at here that I believe God is wanting us to see. And, and if we continue in this passage, this is what we see. Take the helmet of salvation. This is your head and mind. This is on your head. This is for you to view and think. This is your mind. The salvation covering your head. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is God's word here. This is the, the offensive weapon. This is the one we are to be prepared with. And it continues, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. What he's saying here is that there's, there's not only a, a mindset you need to have and aware and to have you covered, but there's also a reality of you needing to be focused in knowing God's word and his truth and praying for all of it. If you want to stand upright, you're going to stand on God's word. If you're going to stand upright, you're going to stand in prayer. 
you're going to stand up right. You're going to look at things differently with a helmet of salvation. What do I mean by that? It means that when you encounter your enemy, when you encounter somebody who is affected by the enemy, when you encounter these situations, you walk humbly because you know that you have been saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did on the cross, not by your own works because you're awesome. When you have the helmet of salvation, you walk into a situation with grace. You're going to stand up right. You're going to see it through the lens and through the eyes and through the mindset that I have been saved by Jesus. That he has conquered the grave for me. And so I treat differently. I treat people differently in that way. I treat the problems differently with a perspective of the mercy and grace that I have been given. And the right preparation in God's word and prayer, you'll hear it here every Sunday. Being God's word, being God's word, being God's word. Pray, pray, pray. Why? We want you to stand upright. We want you to know what God's word says. We know the battle's coming as soon as you, as not, not even when, before you get to that door. The battle's coming. It might be hitting you right now. You'll be thinking about what you're going to be eating for lunch. The battle's here. And so we want you to be ready. The more you're in God's word, with Jesus on your mindset, the better off you'll stand. So let's recap real quick. We're gonna stand up. We need to stand up in the right way. The strength of Jesus, the truth of Jesus against the right enemy, the devil, schemes. We gotta stand up with the right actions. We follow through with that truth in what we do and right now an urgency that comes with peace. We stand up with the right perspective. We see through the lens of salvation and the right preparation in God's word and prayer. I don't want this to be just a metaphorical time we have together. I don't want this whole thing to be just you thinking of, it's, it's hard to grasp and get your hands on the spiritual realm because we don't see it. We see the effects of it, but we don't see it. Not in that way. So I want you to think a little bit about who you are fighting against in your life. Where is the wrong enemy in your life right now? Who is it that you are no longer speaking with and trying to avoid? Who is it that you're speaking harshly of? Who is it that you are posting about that you are going after? If it's the, the political system, governmental system, or it's your people in your family, friends, neighbors, etc. Who is it that you have been standing up against and it's been the wrong enemy? And how does it shift for you in your own personal life to where you don't treat them as the enemy anymore, but you go after the enemy and you actually pray for deliverance of the enemy in their life? How would that feel like for you? My wife um, and I uh, sometimes get into heated discussions, um, Arguments, but if I say arguments, we'll argue about, argue about it later. So it's just a heated discussion. All right. So so we'll get into a heated discussion, and um, and and so in the middle of this, and I mean, and we're you know throwing words, and she's small, but she's got a hook, right? So like like we're we're in a heated discussion, not actually physical, but we're just talking. Um, she hadn't hit me yet, so we're just talking, and and so uh, it's heated. And about midway, what we've learned over all these years of being together, we've learned, I've been with her since she was 16, like 19 years. We've learned along the way that at some point in the middle of it, we'll stop and we'll go, hey, you're, you're not the enemy. Like, you need, you need to know you're not the enemy. Like, I know we disagree. And, and, and iron is going to be sharpening some iron. 
And we've got to have some of that flesh to flesh. Like, we've got to have some of that conversation going on. We've got to have some of these things. There's some practical reality of some steps we need to do to, to work against broken systems and to work against broken people. There are some practical things we have to do. But you need to know I'm fighting for you, not against you. It's because I love you that I want to help you see that you are really, really wrong right now. <laughs> I hope she's not watching online. Uh, so... The, but that, that, is the, that is the reality. Like, that this is, it's, you're not the enemy. Like, sometimes you just need to say it. It's a little no. Hey, look, I love you, man. I'm not, I, I know we're, we disagree. But you're not the enemy. I know who the enemy is. Got it. Jesus said we should pray against them. It must be important. Paul wrote it to the entire church. Kind of need to do it. But maybe you're so exhausted with this reality and this fight that you're in. Maybe you, you've, like me, have reached a point in your life where you're going, you know what, why? Why even stand? Why, why stand at all? Why, why even try? Why get back up? Can we just quit? It's easier if I just leave it alone. I don't need reconciliation. I, I don't need this thing to be right. I, I just want to be left alone. Why stand? Why not just give up and give in? The temptation you're always being schemed against by the devil and, and, and the spiritual warfare that's going on in your life. You're always being schemed against. They're always looking for your next vulnerable moment. Why not just give in and give up? Let me tell you why. First Peter 2.24. Jesus, he himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live in righteousness. Listen, he died to save you. But he also died so that you may die to your sin and live in right walking with him all the rest of your days. Because by his wounds, you have been healed. By his wounds, you can be lifted back up. By his wounds, you can be strengthened. By his wounds, you can stand again. By his wounds, you now walk into the enemy's territory. By his wounds, you have been healed and forgiven. By his wounds. That is why, and I realize we've got kids around, and so I'll be as careful as I can be here to not be too gruesome, but it is rough. You know, when he bore our sins, when he bore our sins on the body, on his body on that tree, it was with these three nails. We talk about standing for Jesus. I have to remember what he stood on literally for me. A nine inch nail driven. And while on that cross, as he was standing there, all the weight on the nail, having to pull himself up to breathe and back down on the nail. Pain piercing through his body. Standing up for you. Standing on the nail. If there was any reason why to stand, it would be this. If Jesus was willing to stand on the nail for me, 
in the broken relationships in this broken world. Temptation on every corner. I'll stand for him. I hope you know today, if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, that he stood on that nail for you. You don't have to go through this world alone in this warfare and fight alone. But he wants to walk with you, save you, and you may die to your sins and live the life that you know you were meant to live. I pray that today you choose to follow him and that together as a church on this rock we stand. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our rock. You are our truth. You are the power, you are the strength, and you told us who's the enemy. We as servants to you, God, want to stand for you. In this world, we want to rise up. We want to stand up among the saints. We want to stand up among a broken world, a broken culture. We want to stand up in our families and our homes. We want to rise up for you, God, to stand on that which you have built. God, we we want to stand for you. We want you to know that it is for you and from you and through you that we stand for. And God, if there is anything that we can do to love others around us, to see the true enemy and to know what you want from us, tell us, Lord, speak to us in our hearts as we dive into your word and as we stand for you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.